0: Getting very close now to the Sweet 16 and eight more games about to be played in the 2021 NCAA tournament. Welcome into the nation's college basketball show and podcast. It is college basketball coast to coast. I am the somewhat rested, somewhat capable host of the program, TJ Reeves. And coming up, I look forward to talking a bunch about the Florida State Seminoles taking on top-seeded Michigan in what is a Sunday afternoon Sweet 16 game with the Hall of Fame voice of the Florida State Seminoles. He has been on the mic for over 40 years for Florida State football and basketball. The one, the only, Mean Gene. Gene Deckerhoff with me. Coming up in the conversation here on College Basketball Coast to Coast about FSU, Florida State in a rematch now with Michigan, even though Leonard Hamilton was the Florida State coach and John Beeline was the Michigan coach three years ago, Florida State maybe owes Michigan one after an Elite Eight loss in Los Angeles to Michigan that put Michigan into the Final Four back in 2018. So again, Jawan Howard now the Michigan coach, but Florida State... Uh, definitely and their fan base remembers uh, not so fondly what Michigan did with a 58-54 win. We'll talk with Gene about that. Is that even a factor? Why has Leonard Hamilton been so consistent as a coach? What did the Knowles do well in their two wins over UNC Greensboro and Colorado? I'll give you a preview of that. They played outstanding defense in both of those games, and they better be ready for a Michigan team, whether it has Isaiah Livers or not. They've got other weapons, Dickinson down low, Uh, the younger brother of Mo Wagner, Franz Wagner, that we're going to talk about with Gene that can play they've got some scores so we look forward to talking michigan and florida state specifically with gene deckerhoff in a little bit uh here on the program all right so much to cover and get to for the weekend again this show comes your way daily right now all the way through march all the way through the end of the final four every day about noon eastern time new edition of college basketball coast to coast we're in the preview mode for the sweet 16 make sure you subscribe to this podcast if you Found us uh, just through a social media link, etc. The show is a podcast. Get it automatically by subscribing on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, subscribe. Also, the show is streaming on TuneIn on the TuneIn mobile app for free. Go under the Tag Sports Group channel. T A G Tag Sports Group. And search for that under sports. You'll find this show streaming at the top and the bottom of the hour. So if you join it in progress, starts back over at the top of the hour. Great guests. We've already heard from the likes of Tim Brando of Fox Sports this week. Sal Capaccio uh, talking Syracuse uh, yesterday. My analyst Mark Wise is going to be back with me uh, on the weekend. Some of the other guests that I love talking to, Deshaun Tate of Tate's Take, uh, the Hoops podcast. Uh, Matt Zimmick does an outstanding job with the USC trophy. Wire uh, website and is also a college basketball historian. All of these guys are going to be on the podcast and the show's recap mode, preview mode. Again, daily the show comes your way on TuneIn on the free app, streaming new show every day and also on the podcast form under college basketball coast to coast. Again, eight games will get rolling in the big dance. Uh, that starts with the Saturday action uh, and up first will be Loyola Chicago taking on Oregon State. In that matchup uh, of a of a an eight versus a twelve seed for a shot in the elite eight. Uh, That game will be up first just after 2 Eastern time on Saturday. Uh, All these games, again, in Indianapolis, they've compressed and combined everything around Bankers, Life Coliseum, the home of the Indiana Pacers downtown, and also Lucas Oil Stadium, the home of the Indianapolis Colts that has two courts on it right now to be able to play uh, for the Final Four. So, again, those are the games and the matchups that we're going over for Saturday. Oregon State, Loyola, Chicago. Uh, then the top seed Baylor in the other region will take on Villanova, uh, the uh, the uh, the two time national champions, a team that won a couple of games uh, this week. Uh, the Villanova Wildcats as the five seed. A lot of people thought Winthrop was maybe going to be able to knock them off, but Villanova got that one done and moved on now to the Sweet Sixteen by virtue of uh, of their win in round number two to take on top seed Baylor. A lot of people's pick to win the national championship, if not at least just be in the championship game for Scott Drew's team. That game will come just after five Eastern time in the other bracket. The winner of that game will get the winner of 15-seeded Oral Roberts playing third seed Arkansas just after seven Eastern time in Indy. That's a rematch of a regular season game that Arkansas won at home after Oral Roberts was leading at halftime. And the Oral Roberts Eagles, who slayed both Ohio State as the two-seed and the Florida Gators, now go after the three-seed Arkansas with the winner again to get the winner of Villanova and Baylor. And also on Saturday, Syracuse and Houston. Again, Sal Capaccio talked a bunch on this college basketball coast-to-coast show yesterday about the Cues. They'll play the American champions, the Houston Cougars, on Saturday. Again, the Sunday games will begin with Creighton and top seed unbeaten Gonzaga just after 2 Eastern time. The Florida State-Michigan game, that we're talking about is at five Eastern time in Indy with the top seeded Wolverines trying to advance to the elite eight UCLA and Alabama going to be a tremendous style versus style matchup of a run and gun Alabama team, a kind of a grinded out UCLA, Mick Cronin team, UCLA, the brand name Bama, the sec champs that one at seven Eastern time. And then it is is 10, or actually Pac-12, excuse me, members only coming in the late night game with Oregon and Southern Cal. That one coming uh, just before 10 Eastern time, just before seven in the West, the Sunday night final game of the Sweet 16. Two teams that met only once in the regular season with USC winning it in Los Angeles, didn't obviously play in the Pac-12 tournament and uh, let i mean was there a more impressive team I, i don't know both of them usc bombing in the threes to beat kansas in their last game in round two and oregon just freight training iowa in their only game that they played in the tournament again oregon had the walkover the no contest because virginia commonwealth had the COVID 19 issues and the contact tracing issues and couldn't field a team so oregon didn't play an opening round game then blew out iowa in um in the in their only game they played on monday now those two teams meet each other oregon usc sunday night in the late game again eight games it whittles down then to eight teams four more games on monday night and tuesday night everybody stays in indianapolis and the final four coming next saturday with two semifinals and a championship game the following monday Uh, again tons of action tons of hoops this weekend Uh, What will happen with Gonzaga? Are all the one seeds going to survive Gonzaga, Baylor, Michigan in this round and get into the Elite Eight? What's going to happen with Alabama? What about the upstarts, the teams like Oral Roberts or Loyola Chicago or Oregon State? I know that's a power program, but they're a 12-seed. Somebody out of Loyola, Chicago and Oregon State's immediately in the Elite Eight. First game of the Sweet 16. Can Syracuse keep it up as an 11 seed? We're going to find all of that out as everything unfolds with these eight games. Cannot wait. Again, so much to get to, so much to cover the insight and the analysis. We're going to focus in now on the Seminoles and the Michigan Wolverines. And who better to help me than Hall of Fame voice of Florida State, one Mean Gene Deckerhoff? We've got him on deck. We're doing our best to cover everything all over the country on this program on College Basketball Coast to Coast. Let's get to it! Indeed, I have been looking forward to this. I get the opportunity to talk to the longtime voice, not only the Florida State Seminoles for basketball and football, but the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. We are still in euphoric Tampa Bay love over the Buccaneers Super Bowl win. And hey, look, Florida State is just... Following up on that right now, the Champa Bay love from Mean Gene Deckerhoff on Seminoles radio is just following through as the Noles are now into the Sweet 16 to play Michigan coming up in the East Regional in a game on Sunday. Mean Gene, good to be with you. I, I hey, always T- love talking with you.
1: TJ, we have changed the chant at Raymond James Stadium. It's going to be Champa Bay, <laughs> Champa. Bay, yeah, the uh, the title city, you know, the Lombardi Trophy, uh, the Lombardi Trophy, and the uh, Stanley Cup, and got we got it close to the World Series championship. I mean, good golly, how the world are the
0: Raptors doing? Maybe maybe they're a Tampa yeah. team. Yeah, uh, unfortunately, they haven't done so well, but that's okay. The other ones still count. And speaking of doing well, those Florida State Seminoles doing well have advanced to the Sweet 16 by virtue of a win last weekend over Colorado, now to play Michigan. Before the Michigan game in a moment, Uh, Gene, you've been doing this a long time, and Leonard Hamilton's been doing this a long time now at Florida State. I don't know that a lot of people realize how long he's been there, going on close to 20 years with the consistency that he has had. What did Florida State do so well against Colorado that has them still alive in this crazy COVID-unique NCAA tournament in greater Indianapolis? Why are the Knolls still there? What did they do well against Colorado, sir? What we did in the closing... 12 minutes of the game, TJ,
1: as we uh, just outscored about 39 to 18. Uh, It was a one point ball game at that point. There was an officials timeout. And after that official's timeout, Florida State played championship basketball. Prior to that, probably not championship basketball, but that was the difference of the ballgame, that final run that enabled Florida State to uh, just get, get some distance, get some separation, maintain an eight- to nine-point lead, and we made free throws down the stretch. And, you know, uh, turnovers have been awful for the Seminoles' last three ball games. And the last, not counting the NCAA two games in the tournament, but uh, you go back to the, the, the 20 turnovers against Georgia, Tech at the ACC championship game. We should have won that championship game. We just turned it over 20 times to arguably the best defensive team is in terms of steals in the nation. I don't think anybody stole the ball better than Georgia Tech, but, uh, uh 15 turnovers against Colorado. You had uh, t- t- double digit turnovers against UNC Greensboro. Uh, we cut the turnovers down in the closing 12 minutes of that ball game. So we played like, we played like the, 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 the
0: number two team of the Atlantic coast conference. Well, and one other thing that I will add, and it's been one of the hallmarks of Leonard Hamilton's team's defense, because Colorado was so successful shooting the threes, especially in the first half. They blew Georgetown out of Hinkle Fieldhouse, bombing the threes the first half. And yet in the Florida State game, it was hard. It was what I think two threes made in the whole first half instead of 11 against Georgetown. Uh, They did a great job of guarding the three-point line, did they not? It made it very difficult on Colorado.
1: Junkyard defense is what Leonard preaches, and that's what you saw in the Greensboro game. And and, and, and the, the the two leading scores of the two teams the Knolls have played have not gotten their average against this Florida State defense. And uh, uh, somebody asked uh, Leonard in the post game comments about the uh, the leading scores for Michigan. The, lead, the this guy can score twenty. He says we're not trying to defend one individual. It's our system against Michigan, and and our offense against Michigan's defense, our defense against Michigan's defense. And they'll figure out a plan. I mean, they've you know you've got a whole week to prepare for the Michigan game, and uh, you know Michigan's knocked us out of two tournaments for the championship of the NIT tournament back when Pat Kennedy was our head coach. They had a guy by the name of Tractor Trailer. I never I can't remember a single name on the team except for Tractor <laughs> Trailer. I think Tractor was his nickname. But yes. uh, they, they they beat us at Madison Square Garden, ended our season on a on a sour note. And then uh, two years ago or three years ago, we played in the Elite Eight. And a ticket to the Final Four, and we just could not uh, overcome a, a very good Michigan. They had a big guy that was tough. They had a kid from Germany that was even tougher. Uh, they scored crucial baskets when they needed to, and they won by four. We were four points away from going to the Final Four. And, you know, Leonard Hamilton is on the ballot this year for the uh, uh, Hall of Fame, for the Basketball Hall of Fame. And uh, if he doesn't get it this year, I don't know what it's going to take. Maybe if we win a championship, uh, he'll, he'll get in. But uh, nobody... Nobody has done a better job at Florida State University than Leonard Hamilton. It is his 19th year. Nobody's won as many games as Leonard Hamilton uh, at Florida State. Hugh Durham, he went by Hugh Durham, and Pat Kennedy. I mean, boom! And uh, he'll probably double them before his career. So just had his contract extended for four more seasons. That's always good to be for a head coach. And uh, uh he's he's chasing me. He's. Leonard's seventy-two years old. He's, not, but but you know what? He's not the oldest head coach of the ACC. Mike Shishovsky is. Good grief! And I right. think Jim Beheim right up there, neck and neck with
0: uh with uh, Leonard. So, uh, but yeah, he he deserves to be in the Hall of Fame, and I hope he gets there this year. Uh, No doubt about that. Now, you mentioned that Michigan win, and that's going to be one of the subplots that gets brought up. With the understanding it was three years ago, most of the players are different. John Beeline was the Michigan coach and is no longer the Michigan coach. Leonard Hamilton was obviously the coach. Still, it's a subplot. It's a very interesting subplot three years later. We didn't have a tournament last year. That Three years later, here are Florida State and Michigan battling again. Is that just something for the media and for fans to kind of embrace? Do you think it means anything to Leonard Hamilton whatsoever that it's a, it's a chance to get to the elite eight at at Michigan's expense?
1: No, you're not, you don't uh, last 19 years at one school, 10 years at another and and rebuild programs and, and worry about things like that. I don't think rankings mean anything to Leonard. I do know this uh, when doing pregame shows here in the ACC tournament and the NCAA tournament, you start talking statistics, with Leonard Hamilton, he'll say, Hey, this is not a game about statistics. This is a game about Florida state versus whoever we're playing. This is a game about them versus Florida state. It's not a game of statistics. And whoever plays the best is going to win. Now that sounds like coach speak TJ. You've done a lot of interviews and it, it sounds like coach speak to me, but when you think about it, I mean, you look back to that Michigan game, uh, in the elite eight, I don't have the stats in front of me from, you know, three years ago, I could probably look it up, but, uh, it was a 58, 54. Most Correct ball game, and I would I would almost guarantee you Florida State average better than seventy points a ball game, and I would promise you, uh, maybe couldn't promise, but Michigan probably averaged a lot more than 58 points a ball game. So somehow you control the tempo of the ball game. I don't, I don't think it was Michigan control of the tempo. I think Michigan was favored in that ball game, but Florida state came up with a scheme to control the tempo and stay in a position to win that ball game at the end. It just didn't happen. And uh, we, 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 we could not be, uh, I I remember uh, uh, somebody, uh, one of the reporters and Leonard uh, Leonard apologized for it, but a reporter asked, well, why didn't you foul? Why didn't you right. file the kid that had the ball in the closing, like nine, 10 seconds? Well, he, he number one, he was the best free throw shooter on the team. Uh, you, you had a chance. You, you had a chance maybe to get this. Well, the game was over basically. So why mm-hmm. file the guy and extend it? He's going to make two free, throws, make it a six point difference then a four point difference. But uh, they had the players it took to advance to the final four. They almost won the championship that year. If I, as I recall. Correct. Got to but, the title
0: uh, game that yeah, year. Florida, and most Mo Wagner was the leader or one yeah. of them of that team scoring. He hit a big shot at the end of that game. And now you can't get away from him, Mean Jean. You're going to be calling a game Sunday where Franz Wagner, Wagner the sequel, will be, uh, will be out there from Germany, his younger brother uh, as part of this Michigan team. So there's another subplot uh, for this go-around uh, with the Seminoles. One interesting thing, uh, as much as Leonard Hamilton may poo-poo uh, on all the stats – balance scoring for Florida State you've got what five guys in double figures off this team it does not it's not usually uh to this stage where a team has that much disparity you know diversity with their their scoring usually it's one or two guys doing much of the scoring but Florida State can go to a different guy it seems like in every game if they need to right
1: if you watch uh the the television commentators their pregame analysis you know why Florida State's going to win why Florida State's going to be in the ball game and uh almost to a guy and these are analysts. That cover basketball probably more than you and me uh, and work for the networks and probably get paid a lot more than you and me, but they all say length and depth length and depth length and depth number one florida state is big guard you you're not going to find guards smaller than six foot five but play that play for Leonard Hammerlin. Uh, six four i guess Rayquad evans he breaks that mold he's but maybe he's six four and a half I, i'm not going to have him stand on on a on a scale and, and measure how tall he but it's big guard you and he always has a couple of seven footers and now he's got three and i understand the recruiting class you got a guy that's taller than anybody on the floor right now that's coming in as a, a, an upcoming florida state symbol. so he's always going to have the big guys length okay and then you're going to have the big guards and you're gonna have uh, 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 guys that don't what he wants is players to play a hundred percent every minute they're on the court and the game of basketball you can't go 40 minutes and play at 100 percent level now if you don't play at 100 percent level then uh, basically you're not helping your team and that's the way leonard his whole philosophy is if you need a rest you let me know i'll get you on the bench and i'm not going to let you play so many minutes there's an old story tj and you know this story the only guy that could keep michael jordan under 20 points a ball game when he played in north carolina was dean smith dean smith exactly yeah the head coach and leonard we got A mcdonald's all-american mj walker he's a he's a 24 point a ball game guy well he's averaging 12.9 12.5 or something like that but he knows his role and he plays to it and that's everybody on this team plays to that role it's the i'll tell you what as far as basketball teams and and schemes it may be the the ultimate team oriented Basketball team that that I, I've been around. It's not just this year; it's last year. It's the year before. That. I mean, hey, you had three NBA players on last year's team. I don't believe any one of them averaged more than thirty-two minutes or thirty-one minutes of a, a ball game. And, and generally, when you look at, like you say, you got all stars on on every team. You got guys, particularly at this level, Big Ten, right. ACC. All these kids were high school, you know, All American uh, at the very least, honorable mention. Uh, Florida State fortunate to have a. McD- Donald's all American on the team. North Carolina has six. Duke has five. I mean, uh, Big Ten, you'll see them everywhere too. But uh uh and Leonard once told me about, oh, this is about nine, ten years ago. He says, Do you think I can bring in the players that Duke brings in? I mean, this is one of the few discussions we ever had about this about recruiting. You think I can bring in Florida State University, the guys that Mike Krzyzewski brings into Duke. You think I could bring in the guys uh, to Florida State that Roy Williams brings into North Carolina that, that Bill brings in to, to Kansas, the Blue Bloods, right. you know? Uh, no, I've got to bring in players that fit my scheme. I want, you know, so obviously you got the big tall guys, and then you got the big guards, and you always have a guy that can shoot, and uh, it's been very, very, I mean, very, I thought last year's team, TJ, and everybody can point back to last year's team the tournaments were canceled the NCAA tournament was canceled but Pat Kennedy former head coach of Florida State, once told me if you've got three guys on your team that can play in the NBA you're going to win a national championship well we had three guys in the NBA playing last year and unfortunately for for, for the Knowles, we did not get to play we had a, we won the regular season had a chance to win the tournament championship and, and go deep into the tournament but that did not happen this year you're figuring maybe a little letdown. we went to the final weekend floor I say we Florida, TJ, Florida state went to the final weekend of the regular season and had a shot to win its second consecutive ACC title. Uh, that, that, that had never happened until last year when the Noles won the regular season, took a right. win on, on the final game of the regular season to, uh, to, to, to win that thing. But we had a chance and, and Go back to ninety-one, ninety-two. 92. That's when the Knowles joined this league. Every year, it's North Carolina. It's, two. it's Virginia. Occasionally, a team like Georgia Tech. Georgia Tech had not won an ACC tournament since like 1993. Correct. I mean, that's how tough this conference is to win a tournament. And uh, oh, by the way, the conference tournaments generally always played in Charlotte or Greensboro, which <laughs> the Tobacco Road schools have a huge advantage when there's twenty six thousand screaming fans against you. But uh, I digress. This team is a team. Uh, it's a system. It's a scheme that has been successful. Leonard's going to stick with it. He's not going to change. And uh let's see if this system and this scheme can elevate Florida State to a, a lead eight and they may be a final four, but first game four gotta beat Michigan. And uh let's see how that plays out. No Mo Wagner. Uh, you remember, I could I knew it was Wagner, but I couldn't remember it was Mo. And this is Franz <laughs> Wagner. And uh no, 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 no their great 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 grandfather did not did
0: not write operas. And and how about the family? I did see this flew into Indianapolis. They quarantined, et cetera, from Germany, and this is the first time they've gotten to see him play at Michigan, was in the NCAA tournament uh, for last weekend in Indianapolis when you were talking about that. We're here with the Hall of Fame voice of the Florida State Seminoles. He's been in the Florida Sports Hall of Fame. He should have his own wing as far as I'm concerned. Uh, Mean Gene Deckerhoff getting ready to call Florida State and Michigan Sunday Banker's Life Coliseum for a spot in the Elite Eight um, again one more time you've called so many huge games you just called a Super Bowl win by Tom Brady and the Buccaneers for all time's sake the juices still get flowing for you my friend I know this I see it firsthand how amped and excited are you to get ready to do a sweet 16 game for the Knoll nation for everybody that's out there in the Seminole listening audience I know you're going to be pumped how pumped are you going to be to call this thing coming up, Gene? Well, uh, back back in the
1: day, and, and this goes back 10, 15 years ago, but uh, I, I, I had this thought that if the Tampa Bay Buccaneers were to win a Super Bowl and the Florida State Seminoles were to win a national championship in football, I'd probably be... Be inclined to write a book, okay? Now I'm not into book writing. I don't want to. I don't want to ghost write or a book. I mean, I, I'm not into that, okay? But then I'm thinking to myself, you know, go back. I remember I used to see at the Trade Winds Resort out on St. Pete Beach. Throw a plug in for the trail. I haven't been there in a long time, yep. but uh, I'd always I'd be leave the stadium, drive to the to the hotel, and I'd be checking, you know, opening the door to my room. I said, you know, this could be the season. This could be the season. Bucks win the Super Bowl, and the, and the Knowles win the National Championship. It, it didn't. And, and what be, what would be the, the uniqueness of that is that you do a game on Saturday, do a game on Sunday. Now, fast forward to 2021, Bucks win Super Bowl 56. Our second Super Bowl, uh, Knowles did not play good football. Uh, 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 coaching change and a lot of other things, and then COVID and games being canceled, postponed, et cetera, et cetera. But uh, uh, now you have basketball with a team that I a lot of folks think Florida State's got a chance. You got Michigan, Michigan in the Sweet Sixteen. Everybody thinks that it will be uh, Alabama in the Elite Eight, and those these are two great, great basketball teams. What Alabama's done in the SEC is just absolutely incredible. But you got those two ahead of you, and then if you make it to the final four. Then you got Gonzaga, uh, unbeaten, unbeaten. <laughs> but you know what? I hey, think back to the last time an unbeaten team uh, reached the final four. It was Kentucky. Rick Petito was the head coach. And I
0: watched they, they, they played Wisconsin and Wisconsin beat them.
1: Uh, there's a lot of pressure.
0: Calipari, Calipari, the head coach, and Calipari, that's it that's right, that's was right. in Indianapolis. Rick, Rick Petito, in that, yeah. Rick yeah. Petito had Louisville and he won the national champion. That's, I,
1: I, I how long ago, six years ago, seven years ago. Something yes, like that. exactly.
0: But, well, but uh, again, the symmetry of if Gonzaga staying in Indianapolis whoop. the whole time becomes the yeah. first team since Kentucky to get to the final four undefeated, they will be in Indianapolis where Wisconsin beat Kentucky. How crazy is that Boy, some six years to. later that it could happen again. And of course the last team to get all the way to the finish line is Indiana in the state of Indiana, 1976 uh, to get all the way there. So We'll yeah. find out if, uh, if they can do it. So, we'll. I mean, hey, again, we got the Champa Bay Mojo working, Mean uh, Maybe it's Bay. Gonna, <laughs> maybe it's going to wear world. on the Seminoles Bay.
1: for this Champa. weekend. Yeah. Hey, TJ. Yeah, I love it. Uh, speaking That's about right. the Indiana Hoosiers and that team in 1976, there's my—I I got a great story for this one. Uh, I, in fact, I hope Gonzaga gets beat. I don't want them because this—this is one of my best stories about basketball. My All first right. year of traveling with a Florida State basketball team was 1975-76. I had done home games only uh, in seventy four, seventy five. So this is year 47 for me. And, and, wow. and, and we, we were telling Jim back in the day and Hugh Durham was our coach. And and back then you didn't have buses that took the team to the hotel. We rented cars. I was one of the drivers. I mean, I'm the radio guy. I'm driving a couple of assistant coaches, at a basketball player, you know, and, uh, <laughs> but that's times have changed a whole lot, but, uh, we play my very first road game, road game as a broadcaster for Florida State Basketball, Market Square Arena, downtown. It's not there anymore, I don't think. Downtown Indianapolis, and we play the Indiana Hoosiers with Bobby Knight. And uh, all I know is they ran us out of that gym. They went on to win every game they played that year. And uh, 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 Quinn Buckner was the point guard. Uh, they had a big old guy that was about seven Kent foot tall.
0: Benson. Uh, How about that Kent man? Kent Benson Kent there. Benson. You pull that yep. name
1: out of the pass. But uh, you couldn't get around him. You couldn't go by him. He blocked every shot. And and, and there was a couple of leather longed Indiana fans sitting no further than 10 seats, 10 rows behind where I broadcast. And every time that they made, made us look bad, they were just screaming and hollering and giggling and i wanted to turn around you know <laughs> but i didn't turn around tj i'm a professional broadcaster but i'll never forget that experience wow. that's my basketball now if gonzaga beats indiana i will have one less story to tell yeah
0: but then again, you've got so many of them to tell about uh, about <laughs> Florida State. Hey, just a quick one while we digress for just a second. About that same season, Billy Packer, the legendary basketball analyst yeah. who was synonymous, obviously, with the A-C-C. NCAA tournament in the Final Four yeah. for 40 years. All right, Packer tells the story about that national championship game because Gene Deckerhoff, it was against the Michigan Wolverines, Whoa. the Big Ten, playing in the title game that night. So, so Packer... Uh, tells this story that he's getting ready to do the game with Dick Enberg on NBC. And they had done the semifinal game. And, of course, Bob Knight was his crotchety self as he always was in the 70s. Chance to be undefeated. Used to wear the plaid jacket back in those days. So this is about probably a half hour before the game. And he said the building's already electric. National championship, Indiana going for a perfect season. And somebody comes over to me and says, Coach Knight wants to see you, to Billy Packer. Coach Knight wants to see you. And he's thinking, oh, Billy might be a little, you know, Bobby might be a little nervous here. Coach Knight might be a little nervous. He's going for the uh, for the <laughs> national championship. And I've, I've worked the last couple of Final Fours on NBC, so he might be asking me, you know, for a tip or some advice or <laughs> some nerves or something. He goes, so I'm honored. He goes, so I'm almost strutting across the court to go, to go talk to Bob Knight, to go talk to Bobby Knight, because uh, this is the national championship game. He goes, I come over and I say, Hey, Bob, I heard you wanted to see me. And he said, yeah. And he said, uh, what, what, what's up? And he said, I just have one question for you, Packer. He says, yeah, yeah, coach. Where the hell is the ACC tonight? <laughs> and so Pac- Packer at that moment said, okay, coach, good luck. We'll see you later, uh, and so there you go with, uh, with with the story of Indiana going on to beat Michigan with Quinn Buckner, like you mentioned. So that year began with Gene Deckerhoff in Florida State and ended with Michigan in the championship game, the Final uh, four, 19, 1976. Uh, market
1: Square that? Arena. I, I I I guess that's sort of like uh, the old the old Orange Bowl down in uh, in Miami. I don't <laughs> think I don't think that's with us anymore. You know, uh, yeah. I, that, that was a uh, 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 a great way to start my travel career with the
0: Seminoles. It's gotten a whole lot better since then. No doubt about that. Listen, I always love getting the opportunity to talk with you under any circumstance. I say publicly again, this man is not just a Hall of Famer on the mic. He's a Hall of Famer away from the mic as well. Always checking up on me, and I do the same thing. Have a blast calling the Sweet 16, and let's hope that we're still talking Florida State basketball after an upset of Michigan. That would be a great thing. Let's see if it all unfolds. Gene Deckerhoff, thank you for hanging with me on College Basketball Coast to Coast. All right, hang out with TJ. That's getting you better than that. Now have, have a
1: great day, a great evening, and uh, don't know.
0: Love being Jane again. Subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts. Find us on TuneIn. We're here every day, all the way through March on college basketball, coast to coast. Bye.